Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Happy Resurrection Sunday. <laughs> Happy Easter. Even though we're stuck in our homes, well, not stuck, quarantined, I guess, we wanted to uh, <clears throat> greet you today from our home and just to say that even though it is technically Easter Sunday, our goal is to meet with you live. And so what we're going to do is when this quarantine is finally over and the first Sunday that we meet together, we're going to ask you to join us for an Easter celebration. And we'll be celebrating not only the risen Lord, which is most important, but also the fact that we get to get together again. And I'm looking forward to that. We're looking forward to that. And uh, we trust that it'll be all right with you if we postpone our Easter message. So today, we have a special treat for you. Of course, we're sitting here in our robes. Yeah. What, what's that? It smells like stinky feet. What? What is? <laughs> what, drinking, what are you drinking? I'm drinking vinegar water, apple cider vinegar oh, water. Oh goodness it's so gracious! Good. Yes. But I know I was. You know, I kept hearing everybody saying, "Hey, we're really enjoying having church with our pajamas and our coffee." So I told Pastor Norma, "I said maybe we should just do the message in our pajamas." <laughs> yeah. Well. So. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Since you're drinking apple cider vinegar, I think I'm going to let oh. you preach this message. And I'm just going to get right okay. out of the picture. So well, you, you enjoy right. this. I'll right. enjoy listening to you uh, from a distance. I love you guys. We love you guys. And we're so glad you're here today joining us for this live message uh, that we actually recorded a little early to present to you today. So God bless you. And now Pastor Barb is going to preach today's message for you. All right, I got to take the robe off because it's too hot. <laughs> so I, before I get started today, I'd like to take a moment and pray. Lord, I just thank you for this time together. Give me wisdom and discernment on what to say and what not to say and open the ears and the eyes of everyone listening and watching. God, be here in the midst of us today. And I just thank you and praise you for that. Touch hearts in Jesus name. Amen. You know, we're seeing history unfold right before us. And some of us are probably even wondering if life will ever be normal again. Today I wanted to share some things that might be helping you from being anxious. How do you turn yourself around when you're facing obstacles in your life? How do you get your mind not to be anxious? Not only during this time of the quarantine, but just in obstacles in your own life. I have three things I want to share with you today. One is knowing your Father, two is worship, and three is praying. Number one is knowing your Father. In Genesis 37 through 40, it talks about the life of Joseph. And I love this example. It is so good for us to glean from. You see, Joseph was given an assignment from God when he was 17 years old. The Lord gave him dreams of things he was going to become, a, a great leader. He even had dreams that his family, including all his siblings, would be bowing down before him. And being the 17-year-old that he was, he was kind of cocky. And I'm sure they didn't take a liking to that. And they got so frustrated with Joseph that they even schemed to kill him. But they decided to throw him in a nasty pit. And then they sold him into slavery. And from slavery, he became powerful there. 
And because of that, he got accused of wrongdoing and thrown into prison. And while he was in prison, he helped two inmates to be free through interpreting dreams. And they forgot about him. And the story goes on. Every time Joseph did something, it seemed like it wasn't working out. But through all the heartache and disappointment, you never see Joseph giving up. He knew who his daddy was. Joseph knew who he could trust. You read about the positive attitude that he had through every trial. He had a pick yourself up and start all over again attitude. You know, it doesn't say, but I'm sure Joseph had many questions for God and probably even doubted his true calling. He probably felt like he had missed it so many times, but you never hear that. And you see him take whatever was thrown at him and make it prosper. You know, you get to choose in life how you want to go through trials. You can have a thankful heart or you can be anxious. When you go to God thanking him and trusting him, then it's hard to be anxious at the same time. You can't be praising the Lord and be worrying. You can take the example of Joseph and learn how to live through the times of your life that seem impossible. I've been reading a book by Max Licato called Anxious for Nothing. And in there he shares a story about a young boy and I want to read it to you. Suppose your dad is the world's foremost orthopedic surgeon. People travel from distant countries for him to treat them. Regularly, he exchanges damaged joints for healthy ones. With the same confidence with the mechanic changes spark plugs, your dad removes and replaces hips, knees, and shoulders. At 10 years of age, you're a bit young to comprehend the accomplishment of a renowned surgeon. But you're not too young to stumble down the stairs and twist your ankle. You roll and writhe on the floor, and scream for help. You are weeks away from your first school dance. This is no time for crutches, no time for limping. You need a healthy ankle. Yours is anything but. Into the room walks your dad, still wearing his surgical scrubs. He removes your shoe, peels back your sock, and examines the injury. You groan at the sight of the tennis ball-sized bump. Adolescent anxiety kicks in. Dad, I'll never walk again. Yes, you will. No one can help me. I can. No one knows what to do. I do. No, you don't. Your dad lifts his head and asks you a question. Do you know what I do for a living? And actually, you don't. You know he goes to the hospital every day. You know that people call him doctor. Your mom thinks he's smart, but you don't really know what your father does. So, he says as he places a bag of ice on your ankle, it's time for you to learn. The next day he's waiting for you in the school parking lot after classes. Hop in. I want you to see what I do, he says. He drives you to his hospital office and shows you the constellation of diplomas on his wall. Adjacent to them is a collection of awards that includes words like distinguished and honorable. He hands you a manual of orthopedic surgery that bears his name. You wrote this? I did. His cell phone rings. After the call, he announces, we're off to surgery. You scrub up and follow him into to the operating room on your crutches. During the next few minutes, you have a ringside seat for a procedure in which he reconstructs an ankle. 
He is the commandment of the operating room. He never hesitates or seeks advice. He just does it. One of the nurses whispers, your dad is the best. As the two of you ride home that evening, you look at your father. You see him in a different light. If he can conduct orthopedic surgery, he can likely treat a swollen ankle. So you ask, you think I'll be okay for the dance? Yes, you'll be fine. This time he believes him. Your anxiety decreases as your understanding of your father increases. You know, you need to have the same attitude as that young boy. When you really know that God can do all things, then who are you going to turn to? Is Jesus the first one to get your ear? You must think to yourself, my daddy can take care of this. He knows everything. That should be your first thought when trouble comes. You know, I've said that people will always let you down, even with good intentions. But Jesus, he never will. And when you call on him, he'll be there. God answers prayer. Praise. One of the quotes I heard several weeks ago was, turn your worry into worship. You know, worship turns the boat around. And when you feel a pinch of life, turn on the worship music and start singing. It's going to lift your spirits and drown out that small voice of the enemy that might be whispering in your ear. You need to fill your spiritual tank, and worship is one way to do that. When you focus on the Lord and start singing, you can feel the tension and the worry melt away. And instead of feeling that anxious feeling, God fills you with his Holy Spirit, and you feel like a conqueror. You can feel his presence. And remember, if you're praising and worshiping Jesus, that anxiousness can't be there. Worship is so powerful, it wins battles. I love this in 2 Chronicles. Jehoshaphat, he was in a real pickle. The enemies had teamed up, and he had heard they were going to come to get them. He knew he couldn't win the battle in front of them. So what did he do? Did he retreat and go home? No. In 2 Chronicles 23, it says, God instructed him on what to do, and the Lord told him the battle was his. The Lord had even given the answer he needed. He knew God had this, and with that, he decided to put the worshipers in the front of the battle. Uh, can you imagine what you would feel like if you'd been in that choir? <laughs> You're going to, what? You want us to go out singing in front of who? But you know, they trusted their leader. And they did what they were told. And the battle was over before it ever began. The enemies had turned on each other and killed each other, and the Hebrews didn't even have to raise their sword. We can learn a lesson from this. Go to the Father in praise and prayer. Cry out to him. Admit your weakness. Then when you feel God moving, you move too. Always take time to pray and worship. Turn your worry into worship. You know, prayer is not that easy when you're facing a battle or you're, or you're anxious about something. When this time comes, get your Bible out and look for those scriptures that minister to you. 
In the book, Anxious for Nothing, the author shares Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Let me read that to you. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You need to meditate on this verse, and it'll help you get your thoughts turned around. You need to see a situation with the victory of the Lord. As you go through the trial, see in your mind's eye how God is going to move. And I call it my faith eye. See it, is as, see it as if it's already been done. See it the way you think God wants you to see it. And then find those promises of God and stand on them. The Bible is filled with his promises for us. Look for his promises and then remind God of those promises. Here's a few examples I want to give you. Lord, I need protection. You said, God, you would walk through the waters, Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Lord, I'm afraid. You said you would lead me through the valley, Psalms 23, 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Lord, I feel so alone. You said you would never leave or forsake me. Hebrews 13, 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Find a promise that answers your problem and put it into prayer. The more you pray, the less, less anxious you'll become. Not only should you be lifting your needs, you need to be praying for others. Ephesians 6.18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in, line, in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. You know, you need to take time to find out how those around you are doing. We have an opportunity to give hope to the hopeless, peace to those that have, are having a hard time, and healing to the hurting. Just giving someone a call during this time can make someone's day. You know, a few weeks ago, it's my birthday, and under quarantine, Norm was upstairs studying, and I was down here in the living room, and all of a sudden, the dog started barking. And I thought, what in the world? So I go to the window, and there's Brian and Colleen with a big happy birthday sign, singing me happy birthday. You know, it just made me smile. It made my day. There's so many little things that we can do to make somebody's day go better. In Ephesians, God is telling you to put others first. And when you focus your heart on others, you know it helps eliminate the stress in your own life. I've always said if you're feeling depressed or down, go help somebody. Because it helps them make feel better and it also makes you feel better when you help someone with their concerns. 
by having an attitude of hope and being a light to those that are struggling, you're doing what Jesus told us to do. Mark 16, 15, 18 says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not harm them at all. They will place their hands on the sick people and they will get well. Let God guide your heart today and do what you're supposed to do. Whether it's praying for someone, encouraging someone through a hard time, or telling them about Jesus, he'll tell you what to do. Today, I am challenging you to listen to the, not listen to the world, but to keep your heart and eyes on Jesus. You'll always have times of being anxious and concerned, but when you put these three things into practice, by knowing your Father, by praying and worshiping, you can turn your anxiousness into thankfulness. You can be content and have a peace through all situations. So today I want you to be a conqueror for Christ and have that victory. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you today for this message. Lord, I just pray right now that someone who's hurting, someone who's afraid and worried, God, they will, they will find those promises in the word. They will pray and they will praise. Help us all to be better at that and help us to encourage others. In Jesus' name, amen. I have one more prayer time here that I want to do. Perhaps you're listening for the first time, or maybe you've been part of our church family, and you've never made a relationship with Jesus. You know, that's the first step in knowing God, is asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart. This is Easter Sunday. This is the celebration of what Jesus Christ did for us, that he died on the cross. He's, he's, he's filled his blood for us. He forgave us of all our sins by dying on that cross. But you know what? That's not the end of the story. He arose again after three days and went to be with his Father in heaven so that we would have a place to go. And all you have to do is accept him and ask him to forgive you of your sins. And if you've never done that before, I want you to do that with me right now. All you have to do is repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Lord, thank you for Jesus Christ dying on the cross for my sins. And Lord, I give my life to you today that you can guide me and share with me all my promises. Now, Lord, I just thank you and praise you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless. Have a great Easter Sunday. See you later.